Welcome to episode 5 of uh, Big Screen Auckland. I'm Corey. Nigel. And it's been a week since the Oscars. We've seen three documentaries. Nigel's seen a few more. And the big film of this week is uh, The King's Speech. Best director, best actor, and best uh, film, obviously. Which are the three important ones. Writing. Did it win writing? That's everything then. Everything but some sound that went to Inception. And True Grit won nothing. Bullshit. Bullshit. What do you think of King's Speech? Yeah, is it right? Is it right? <laughs> Oh, should we warn him about a, a spoiler? King's Speech, the Oscar winner, and then first was Erasing David, then it was Into Eternity, and then The People vs. George Lucas. But if you're trying to go into any of those blind, <laughs> oh, listen to them. Yeah, then, um, turn it off now. Not that we're going to try and spoil it, but we can be a bit dicky. Yeah. If we get rambling. Jingling and jangling. Who was in the King's Speech, Nigel? Jeffrey Rush, Colin Firth, no, Farrell, no, Firth. What's his name? Colin Firth. Colin Firth. And you know, uh, he's the best actor in the whole year, don't you know? Yeah, because they didn't watch True Grit. Or even uh, Batman, poor bastard. He got best supporting. Oh, did he win? Oh, well, good on him. I know his name's not Batman, but I can't say it. I think it is. Christian Bale. Fuck on good. So, bro, you sent me an email uh, with your thoughts on King's Speech to... Yeah, we went into the Oscars. We sat down and watched the Oscars. I've sent this up for 10 best Film nominations. Yeah, oh, actually, I'm pretty happy that I saw King's Speech because I've seen nine of the ten now. Only the lesbian one. That's impressive. That's a good year That's for me. <laughs> That's money. I like that intro. That's good. <laughs> yeah, you sent me this, and the Oscars, we, we admit it now, we know it, uh, it, uh, it won everything. So, Nige writes King's Speech ruined the Oscar results. It looks so dry and dull, perfect Oscar material. It was the only one of the Big Ten that he hasn't seen. But he can't imagine that it's going to stand up to cinematic marvels like True Grit, Black Swan, Inception, Toy Story 3, which we all know is a favourite of Nigel's, or against films that are heartbreakingly good like The Kids Are Alright or Winter's Bone. There were so many good films in that category this year. He's positive that this is going to pale in comparison. He's going to be shaking his head at the Academy for going with a serious choice. Dicks. All the brilliance in those other films could not have hoped to have stood up a dusty Academy film like this looks like to me. And as for Tom Hooper winning Best Director, I wholeheartedly expect him not to be better at his job than the Coens are at theirs, or Fincher as at his, or Christopher Nolan, Aronofsky. Even if you were to break directing down something as simple as giving your ideas to craftsmen and then approving or disapproving their results, the Coens have still achieved this miles better than what, he imagines, Tom Hooper did. He's fully expecting to be deeply disappointed with this film. He bets there is no director's signature anywhere to be found. He bets Jeffrey Rush goes too big in his performance, as he often does. But uh, Nigel be bored and unmoved by the drabness. Were you bored and unmoved by the drabness? I'm so great, glad I wrote that for posterity. Does that does that rock it? Is that accurate? Is it? Nah, nah. It was really good. King's Speech really good. It, no, no way did it dull. It was it was a period piece done, and mm. the good part of period, if you're asking me, with enough wittiness and and gimmickies and a little joke here and a little action and a yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was yeah, for the yeah. masses. That appealed to everyone. So much so that one fucking mad woman at the back of our screening kept hooting and <laughs> hollering at how much of a good time until someone told her to shut up. She thought she was watching Big Mama's. Big Mama's House 2, Mumming All the Way, or whatever that was called. Exactly. I should make up titles. <laughs> yeah, I like the King's Speech. I thought it was just called Big Mama's. Let's get it out of the way. It didn't deserve to win best. No, no, it didn't. But that might just be our opinion. Not everyone loves Cohen films. Well, fucking yes, they do. Uh, for technical achievements, um, sweeping things. I mean, you've still you're still up against True Grit, Black Swan, Toy Story Three, I mean, Inception. Yeah, but this is an Oscar film. 
it, so it, really it had is. a really good head start. That was very cool. Uh, as I said, I liked the period because it wasn't set. I thought it was going to be earlier than that, but it had a little bit of World War Two ring to it. And I like a I like a history war film. I hate them. Yeah, but it didn't it didn't impose too much. But I'm saying like pick a period where it could have been. It could have been about his grandfather, like a couple of eighty years earlier, or it could have been then. I got my wish. It was a period I like. That was a bonus. Right. Jeffrey Rush didn't overdo it. No, I strike that from the record. He he didn't overdo it. Yeah, I love this record thing. What's your problem with Jeffrey Rush? Eh? No, nothing. I um, he often overdoes it. Where in the? In he's the, just a very big actor. He's like. Uh, you hear people like say, but the Oscars are a waste of time because it's not about who acts best, it's who acts most. And you know, Jeffrey Rush was up for best supporting. And I thought he might, he could, he's got a chance of getting it because he does act most. He's a stand, like if you watch a Pirates movie, his Barbosa almost stands up to Johnny Depp's Keith Richards. What's his name? Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Keith Richards would have done. Uh, but no, no, he's really good. Plus, Christian Bale had to win best supporting so he could almost do an advert for Dickie's Gym. <laughs> yeah. which people I think booed at almost under their breaths <laughs> the Oscars mm. sponsored by <laughs> actually and fuck the Oscars man that was tame tame and lame I yeah. would say it in, in a way that rhymes I want to uh, I want to have, have a bit of an Oscars rant but we'll do that after King's speech I reckon yeah good call cool. save some stuff, stuff good shit rip it apart bro so I liked I liked uh, Jeffrey Rush he was really cool um, and the King was pretty good Helena Carter Bonham no, I don't think she... They could have replaced her with any female, in my opinion. She did nothing. Less She's so. fine, though. No. Who would have done better? Yeah, anyone. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so she didn't take away from her. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No, she didn't bring it down. No, but let's not mention her again. I like the score of the speeches, even if you think it should... Uh, well, yeah, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. But when he was giving his speeches, it had to have stirringness and so forth, and, and stirring montage music and some of that. I thought it was all right. Didn't jar. No, I thought, uh, like, I, you know I had a big problem with social network and its um, its score that pulled you along. It, it tried to convince you that it was interesting because David Fincher made a film about fucking Facebook and coding and hearings. Yeah. This film was about speech therapy. Yeah. And a, a kind of a, a bit of a dull looking period. Yeah. So both of them had to, do, had to pull tricks out of the bag to make it look and feel interesting. With David Fincher's one, social network, you could see it pulling at you dragging you along going no please please look just concentrate this is interesting this one just was interesting another thing about school was it was really pleasant too it was really happy orchestral music yeah which just made it seem fun and didn't it, it wasn't pleading you please have fun it just was fun yeah, yeah. this did it much better than social network yeah that's what i think so i'm definitely gonna recommend it not that <laughs> no one gives a shit about my recommendation the oscars just told you it's the best so <laughs> so and if you're actually, if you're embarrassing yourselves and waiting as long as we did, I think Nigel proved to me the other day, he sent me an email recap of all the times I said, oh, King's Speech, meh. Or was it more, <laughs> was it more King's Speech, fuck that noise. Either way. No, I, I like you, you quote, you said, uh, right now I'm going to insert what you said. <laughs> oh, you, you're going to paste it in and make me look bad imp impressively? Yeah, that'd be cool. You should do that, bro. You should do that. <laughs> I think it was something along the lines of, uh, I hate period pieces, um, but I watch it because I like monarchy. Oh, go see the Queen, go see the Queen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. What did, what did you think of Colin Firth? He won Best Actor. Best Actor for the year. No, I'd give him that. It's pretty good acting, because um, he doesn't have a speech impediment. No. <laughs> a, a stutter, a stammer. I'll be honest though, I don't, I don't know, I don't know him. Don't you? No. Isn't he Mr. Darcy in A Pupil Pride and Prejudice? And wasn't he, what's your name, Bridget Jones' man? A couple of times opposite um, Hugh Grant. 
Correct. What else has he been in? Four weddings and a funeral, shit like that. Right. Uh, love Actually. Doesn't he fall in love with a Spanish woman in Love Actually? Yeah, he's, he's around. He knows I, he's I imagine he's in all these films you're talking about. I'm pretty impressive. I don't normally know shit like that. I've got some right. in-depth knowledge of Colin Firth, apparently. No, I've yeah. never seen any of those. Oh, wow. Uh, he, I want to really want to see his... He won, did he win last year, too? No, he didn't win last year. Got nice he was up for Single Man. No, I was going to say, um, I've seen him in one thing. I've seen Colin Firth in one thing. I went through his whole IMDb. I've seen one thing of his. Wow. He played Shakespeare. In? Blackadder, back and forth. <laughs> awesome. Well, I would have seen that as well. Uh, even though that was the worst of all the Blackadders. That was the fifth special bonus, right? <laughs> yeah. This guy is an Oscar-nominated, widely loved, critically acclaimed actor. Best actor of this. I've seen him in the episode of Blackadder he did. The special bonus made years later fan favourite. I mean, fan. I've got a film podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't critique him, but that's that's. Um, wow, that's, I feel I feel stupid. How have you how have you seen none of those? Um, Love Actually, and who's that guy? That British guy that makes all those films exactly the same. And he made one that was out of left field the other day. He made the boat to rock. Sorry, who's that guy? Whatever he is, he's that British. He makes yeah. a film every Christmas that tugs at heartstrings. Uh, yeah, I love I love Colin Firth. Yeah. Um, he's he's going to be in he's come his next movie coming up is Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh, nice. With Tom Hardy and Gary Oldman. Yep, that was an awesome mention, I think. Jeffrey Rush was, yeah, was brilliant. I, I liked, I, I fell in love with Peter Sellers, uh, Peter Sellers' movie he did. He played Peter Sellers in The Life and Death of Peter Sellers. Yeah. Uh, incredible. And they've like, recreated um, scenes from Peter Sellers' movie with Jeffrey Rush as Peter Sellers. Man, it was incredible. And uh, <laughs> Shine. Shine. He's a genius pianist in Australia. Yeah. But he's, he's going mad or something. Uh, Helen and Bottom, I, I like her better than you do. I loved her in uh, Fight Club, and I've liked quite a lot of the stuff she does with Hubby. She was great. She was the best thing in Alice in Wonderland, Sweeney Todd and stuff. I like her. She probably voiced someone in your Christmas film as well. My Christmas film? A Nightmare Before Christmas. Ah, uh, it was before every time. Oh, really? She's not nothing to do with that? He didn't direct that anyway. Didn't he? No, it was a Henry Selleck film. He created it. It's, I think it's called Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. But yeah, he didn't direct it. Oh, wow. That's almost the entire reason I'm harsh on him. Because you, you, you're a hater. Not a hater. I'm, a, I'm an anti the amount of love it's got. Oh, right, right, right. Oogie woogie. Fuck off. Yeah, it was, it, was child, it was childish, but it was, it, was the best, it was the best dark kids movie ever made. Yeah. And it had so much talent. Yeah. Yeah, but it was kiddie. Having Danny Elfman as the, as the lead character was a terrible movie. Anyway. Oh, so the supporting cast also had... Uh, I don't even mean to. Uh, Michael Gambon, Guy Pearce. Yeah, Michael Gambon, Guy Pearce. Who the fuck was? Fall. Was playing uh, Churchill. Churchill. Yeah, he, he, awesome. he did a good job. <laughs> I loved every time his face came on screen. I, I liked that guy. I liked his one thing at the very end. He's like, I had a speech of pen as well. I turned it into asset. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Yeah, very cool. So, Wormtail, Dumbledore, Bellatrix. Holy shit, aren't you clever? You must be looking forward to Harry Potter 7 too. <laughs> but the director, the director, now he won Best Director. Yeah. How much directing did he do? Well, in that email I read earlier, to, yeah, I, that's the bit I stick by. There was no director's signature. He's actually only made two films before. One no one's heard of in 2004. I think it was called Red Dust or something. But the other one was Damn United last year. Yeah, didn't see. Uh, apparently very good about a soccer coach. What did you think? Well, I mean, the Oscar said he's the best director there was. I, I know that to not be true because I saw the other. <laughs> well, I saw nine of the ten, so I'm one of the... I don't even think all the fucking Oscar people see 9 out of 10 
whether they, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we're probably in a better position than most of the people that decided this, and they're wrong. Yeah, it's not as good as what the Coens did on True Grit, or even what Aronofsky did on Black Swan, or what uh, Nolan did on Inception. Absolutely, 100%. Like, I don't know what a director does, but you can tell those guys did better jobs. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. But How the director knows what he's doing. I had hatred for, for this guy before I went in. I'd never seen the scrap of anything he's ever done before, but he won Best Director against Cohen's, Aronofsky, David O. Russell, blah, blah, blah. I went in hating him. Yeah. I got turned around on that. He did a good job, man. Yeah, he did. I'm only debating at the moment whether it was best. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but does he deserve to be making Academy-winning films? Yes, he does. He can make another one in the future, and it'll be fine again. No one's going to... He made a really good film. Do you think in future years, if he's got more films up in the Academy, everyone will go, oh, Tom Tom Hooper, that guy's a lock. Yeah, yeah, this guy's going to be the next um, dude that wins. The, re- the reason I wouldn't return to this film, two reasons. One, it was... Return, you mean a repeat viewing? Or yeah. This isn't... Like, True Grit, we're going to watch that again. Yeah. Toy Story I've already seen three times. Inception I've already seen three times. King's Speech I don't even think I'd watch the second one. You know how it pans out. So does that make it a great film? Can a great film be a one for once off? Yep. I've only ever seen uh, Life is Beautiful once. And it was a great film. But would would you watch it again? That doesn't sound great to me. For me, great ones I'd need to be able to, to, to keep going back to. Yeah, but there's films that you get only um, love from the story. There's films you get from the watching. But this one, what did you think? I don't think it was a story film. We knew it was going to happen. Zero surprises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was a... Yeah, this wasn't... But it's not a, not a repeat. Well, it's not my sort of film, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to go buy the DVD. Question, have you got any period pieces that you go back to? Like, you that, you, that, that you'd watch over and over again? Like, this one, I love this film. Braveheart? Braveheart? <laughs> no, not really. Once upon a time, it was one of seven videos I owned. So <laughs> I watched it a couple of times. What's a period piece? Like this. Lord of the Rings doesn't count. It's got to have frilly dresses. They've got to attend balls with Mr. Darcy. Yeah. There needs to be horses and... and yeah, I thought... Oh, the only ones I could think of was um, Steve Fry's ones. Uh, his, the one movie he directed, um, Bright Young Things, which I love. I've seen three times. And his Jeeves and Worcester series. I even went to Wikipedia and typed in movies set in the 30s. I got Devil's Backbone, Last Crusade, Hitman, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, and Dogville. Crazy. Those are pretty fucking far-ranging. <laughs> yeah. I think there's period pieces, and then there's British period pieces set in London palaces. Yeah. So the only <laughs> ones I could think of was the, um, well, not even palaces, but English upper class, was, would be the Stephen Fry ones. Yeah. Brighton Things and Jeeves and Worcester. Yeah, big country yeah. manners and stuff. Have you seen Pride and Prejudice? No. Christ, no. No, nothing. Mm. None. So is it that is it that 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 would that that makes this stops us from being a, a great film for us? Maybe I don't know. Did I uh, didn't I say I don't like period piece films, or did I say I did like them? I contradict myself. Um, I, I like the Queen. No, you said you didn't like period pieces. However, you liked Monarchy. I like Monarchy. If I'm to hold you to your word. Yeah, but I think <laughs> I might have clarified and said I like Monarchy appearing in films to save the day and stuff like that. <laughs> you didn't, but no, oh, well, that's what I meant. <laughs> Yeah. No, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool, man. There was heaps of good scenes. Um, the my my favorite scene, if I had to pull out a scene, which I'm going to, because it's my favorite memory of the thing, is when uh, uh, Myrtle's at bridge. I've made sure the boys are out, but then Myrtle comes home early and meets the the duke and the duchess or whatever. Yeah, that's a great scene, man. That's really rousing. Yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Right, Oscars. Are you gonna do Oscars now? 
Yeah, Academy Awards. You were right. They were. They were. They were dull. Actually, I really didn't even feel like talking about them. They were really boring. Yeah, it was pretty much. Um, James Franco is getting a bit of I don't know hatred for the man. He's a talented fucker with fingers and many pies. Yeah, who knows what went on behind the scenes? Who knows when he was pressured into it? And he was like, I really don't want to do them. They're like, No, you got to. Yeah. He's like, Cool, as long as it's not with Felicity Treacle, Kendall, fucking Hathaway. And they said, Too bad. Who knows what went on? It was the anti Gervais. Yeah. Bounce back, bounce back right into Puritan. Um, the US do that. When they bounce back from something, they go too far. Oh, Janet, Janet Jackson slipped a nipple. Quick, um, no swear words on TV for a year. Mm. Like, really? <laughs> did, did, wow. you have to go that, did you have that's, to go that far? That's logic. Yeah. So it's like Gervais ripped up a couple of celebs. Let's have the Disney All Star special with Miss Disney herself, Anne Hathaway. Mm. They were just missing a princess joke. Wait a minute. They fucking had a... <laughs> yeah, it was, it was um, tame and lame. Tame but and it lame. wasn't just the, just the hosting. I think all the all the choices just irritate me. Oh, look, I'm going back next year. I love the I love the spectacle of it and hoping something will happen. Like Melissa Leo. Yeah. First ever, I read. First ever, yeah. What'd she say? Who met? Kate Winslet made this look so fucking easy. Yeah. Yeah. She even... Quickly, she was flustered as fuck, but she took up the uh, flirting with Kirk Douglas pretty quickly. Yeah. I like that. Um, but yeah, no, no, the songs were, te- the songs were cut way down. Like, they cut them into, like, a third. Yeah. Still boring. Um, nothing interesting. It was scripted. It was, yeah. All the, the choices. was the worst part. Yeah. All the choices were fucking painfully over. We knew Christian Bale was getting it. We knew King Speech was getting it. We knew Colin Firth was getting it. We knew Natalie Portman was getting it. Exceptional when all the sound and effects. Yeah, it was uh, Toy Story was winning Best Animated. There was there was no surprise. No, you're right. I didn't know who was going to get Best Supporting Actress, but reading afterwards, I could see everyone else has gone. So you told her. I knew Melissa Leo would get it. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, they they, they knew more about uh, the fight than we did. Yeah, I was pissed off with Tom Hooper because he beat out a, a bunch of guys I love. I am still pissed off about Trent Reznor, but I didn't really care for any of the other scores. Scores are scores to me, so I didn't really care who wins. I was like, they're all the same. One of those will win. Social Network? Social Network was bad to me. Yeah, you did like no. Yeah. I just thought the hosting, uh, you can tell when an actor can act, but whereas a comedian has natural timing. You put a comedian on that stage, like the old Billy Crystals and shit, and they can keep it flowing. And then you put an actor on, it's like, clip, act, presentation, clip, act, presentation, clip. It's like, oh, yawn, fucking hell. <laughs> Even when you cut down in your in your rehashes, get Hugh Jackman back. So was it to bring Billy Crystal back on stage to present the Bob Hope thing? Do you reckon that um, was just rubbing it in? Possibly. Just go. Wow, this thing's tanking. Let's go. <laughs> Let's show these guys how a real guy does it. Yeah, he's Billy Crystal. Now to present the really important one, you kids can't play. Uh, <laughs> how about the dude presenting though? I reckon they should get him for next year. Good call, yeah, actually, yeah. Jeff, I'm telling you, when he talks, he sounds like he's got a mouthful of ice cubes and white Russian. It's awesome. And i got to say, that whole segment was great. That was my favourite part, presenting that, because even Sandra Bullock, I haven't liked her in anything, except yeah. this now. She's your favourite? She was good. Those two presented those best actor and best actress, the absolute best. But yeah, yeah Oscars, waste of time. Yeah. And they got everything wrong. Doco Fest is finished up in Auckland and we went to, uh, this week I went to, we saw three, I, I saw another three by myself as well, because I'm a nerd. Um, um, we saw four bro, we already seen Machine Maidens. Ah, true, true, true. Yeah. 
Okay. In the past week. <laughs> oh, sorry. I've seen six documentaries because I'm very fucking cultured. Yeah. Um, Raising David. Yeah. Uh, Raising David is a doco about a dude who who gets disillusioned with uh, how much shit is, information is kept on databases about him and his family and stuff. So he, he decides to put it to the test and, and sort of go on the run and set two private investigators after him for a month, which is a fascinating idea. Such a brilliant topic. It's a, bit, a little bit gimmicky, but like uh, Morgan Spurlock did with Super Size Me and that, but I don't care. I'm a sucker for that stuff. This was awesome. This was going to be awesome. It was going to be awesome. Yeah. I think the premise was way better than the film. I didn't, I didn't actually like the guy himself. I didn't like how he tried to... I mean, you, you say it was set up like Morgan Spurlock and, and a bit gimmicky, and you were all right with that, but to bring in the wife and shit, to pretend you're having real struggles with how you're going to live away from your family for a while, to have the discussion about, but you're going away from it on camera. No, bullshit, you've already fucking talked about this. Um, I didn't like his Blair Witch camera angles up his nostrils. All he needed was the dripping nose. I didn't like his fake paranoia. I'm going out of the bush. Uh, it's a bit... It's a bit paranoid here in this little hut. I'm going to go further. A bit paranoid. Okay, I'm going to sleep under this log like a homeless man in my sleeping bag. Ah, oh, I'm not doing it. It's like, you dick, why don't you just stay at your fucking cabin? I know you're trying to make a point that you have to go bush before you can... And I, I thought, actually... It I went... actually really liked him. You liked him? Yeah, I actually really liked him. I thought he pushed it too far. He overacted. And when he did stupid things like go to the bush, you'd just be like, come on, man, I liked you. Why, why are you even going... That was totally off-topic. I don't even know why he went out there. Yeah. It didn't fit in the fucking movie. Sorry. My rant is not about the doco, which I enjoyed. Uh, and when I say I didn't like him, I meant he he was like working hard to make me not like him by doing a bunch of dickish things. Well put. Mm. The film itself went from comedy to serious to comedy to serious. Like I, They were trying to get a point across, and I think they kept hamming it up. Lots of things were jumping at me. The subtitle, no, not the subtitle, the chapter titles were coming up. Day 8 or day 10, and then it would go 240 hours. Pick one or the other. Don't fucking count the hours. <laughs> Don't count the hours to try and rack, um, to crank up the uh, excitement and also put the day next to it. You're patronising folks. <laughs> and one of the other things, like, um, there was a couple of really tense, um, what tried to be really tense moments that were blatantly set up. Like, let's let's stand at the train station of all arriving trains and to, so that the camera follows the private eye team and they stand at St Pancreas Station and wait for him to come and he's going to catch him in a second. Oh! Oh, Cuddy's on a boat. Uh, like, uh, that was fucking fake. Come on. Just like when it's like... Let's no, that was, that's just an editing trick, though, later on, right? They didn't, no, not no, the boat no, thing, but like to have, them, time. to have them stand there. It was all like... But those, those you don't think it was set up, the private eyes knew that he wasn't coming? Yeah, I, I think it was all set up, actually. Oh, okay. Well, not all set up, but definitely not trying the hardest. Nobody was trying. Nobody was putting any effort into it. Mm. Like, I'm going to watch his mum's house. I'm going to watch his dad's. Um, what really got me was like... Well, I think we can track him by a cell phone if only there's a way to work it. Oh, well, let's send him a link. Okay, he's used it on his cell phone. We've got him. IT expert, can we find him? No, nah, he's using his cell phone. All that we know is he's in Europe. Ah, oh, but it would work if he went to an internet cafe and checked. What are the chances of that? Cut to David. Well, I just got something on my phone. I think I'm going to go lock down to an internet cafe where they can get me to IP to the very building. I hope they don't. It, they just sent it to me. It's from the people tracking me. Double click. Oh no! Oh no! They know where I am. Look, he, he look was how clever terrible he, at his job. He yeah, he wasn't running. He was yeah. um, no more than hiding Easter eggs for kids. 
Yeah. In a backyard. It, it was weird. But it made it worse that he acted it up. Like, oh my, oh, I think I'm really panicking now. I'm really panicking. I'm now. really panicking. I just, text, I just texted him and told him where I am, and now I'm really panicking. <laughs> yeah, that was the part I didn't like. Other than that, though, it was fascinating knowing how much data there was, and, and he did some clever tricks by having all the paperwork around him, but did he need to dance his baby? And point to the piles that they have on Mummy and the piles they have on you. And I got the piles thing when he was in his office showing us the things. You know what I mean? He showed us the same stack of paperwork in his office and got the point across. Yeah, it could have, it was that baby thing was probably a superfluous scene. But I, I kind of liked his family. I actually really liked the argument. I got got it noted down. My favorite scene was when they argued about. She's like, you realize you haven't actually asked me permission for this, right? He didn't answer it. He was just like, oh, so. So what happens if the baby comes early? He actually avoided the fucking question. That was awesome. I yeah, loved that. Yeah, it all that rang of fake to me. Ah, okay. No, I've got, I've got one. Not fake. Rang of scripted. I've got a major a major flaw with the film that I, that pissed me off more than anything that you haven't brought up yet, and that was that it was it was two separate films. He was on the run, and he he went around seeing uh, experts and stuff and talking to them. That was interesting. He was um, taking trains instead of planes or whatever. He was trying to. He was trying to his best, and they were talking about databases and how much information is kept, private companies versus government databases, what happens if databases get corrupted, how long do cell phone companies have to keep your texts, interesting shit like that. Then you've got these private investigators. Oh, I want to be a private investigator now. Watching them spy on where that lady put her rubbish and stuff, like, oh, I want to do that. I want yeah. to do that. It was so exciting. However, it was two separate movies, bro. Those movies never touched one another yeah everything we learned from david those guys didn't utilize they were going through rubbish bins and stuff they didn't care about databases they didn't care about cell phone records they were like we know he's making a documentary called this let's google it oh my god i found a search result where he posted where he was a couple of days ago using the name of his film yeah that's not hard yeah but no but but if they had made that documentary about private investigators chasing someone that would have been great if they made a documentary about a guy studying databasey shit, how much surveillance we have, yeah. that'd be great. Putting two together and saying they're chasing me, they were, that wasn't it. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Oh, I was kind of fascinated in that data stuff because uh, that's what I do for a living. Actually, I'm constantly dealing with people's data and selling it and making sure I meet the Privacy Act and shit like that. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't go into that enough. So the, so the detectives should have been the de- detectives should have been using that then. They didn't at all. There was no data used at all. Yeah. So it didn't... He set out originally... The whole thing was based on he got that letter saying, look, this database has been erased. We've lost all this stuff. Yeah. That's what sparked it off. He cared about databases. Yeah. The detectives couldn't give a shit about databases. No. That's what annoyed me. Yeah. It had nothing to do with what the documentary was about. Yeah. The way they tracked them... The way they found him in the end was like, well, his wife's pregnant. Let's follow her. See what this is why spoilers. Oh, right. <laughs> well, whatever, fucking. Anyway, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. I thought the parts, yeah, it was a documentary about databases, and he amped it by hiring his PIs, who, in my opinion, fucked around his fake paranoia. They're fake catching him. Fuck all that noise. It was, um, it could have been fine. It should, it was not clinical. It was two comedic moments, heartstring, kitty. I wanted clinical. I go to docos for information. Yeah. That's my. Um... That's actually a perfect segue because I've got a. Uh, I had a big issue with uh, Into Eternity. Shoot. Uh, Into Eternity was uh, fascinating. It was about a in Finland they're trying to bury all their nuclear waste 
for like 100,000 years and stuff. So it was focused mainly on um, the the problems at hand and then building this miles-long fucking maze under the earth, under the rock, to get rid of all this stuff. Really good doco. However, the theatrics, bro. The slow motion, the rock exploding, the lighting in the tunnel. The, the guy uh, lighting a match and tearing, telling fucking parables. The guy narrating it, talking to a future... You have come too far. You need to turn around and go back. Fuck off. It was terrible, right? It was so interrupting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that the subject was fascinating. I liked all the information they got. Agreed. Why they can't store it in, um, I never thought of that, 100-year storage in, in a tank of water and a copper cancer or whatever. Sounds fine to me. And they're like, yeah, but think our history goes back 3,000 years and there's languages we can't read from then. So 100,000 years, come on. This shit's going to kill you for 100,000 years. Yeah. We need to lock it away. Not where maybe the electricity will get turned off. We need to lock it away. We need to lock it away so deep and forget about it. Um, what I liked was all the questions it raised and answered and, and tried to do. Yes, the theatrics. Um, I've got I've got that here in my notes. I like the slow mo um, stuff every now and then, but I didn't write down things like, yeah, what was that match about? Um, <laughs> why would they? Um, why would they try to? They used slow mo too many times. Though they were slow motion. There was um, all these weird haunting things. It had that piano music going and it had the haunting stuff of the guys building it. Yeah, yeah. With the dynamite and stuff and they'd just be, well, I don't know what that was trying to say. Look how sad these guys are walking, working down this thing. Is that what it was saying? Yeah, I was... That yeah, was sad. It was bizarre. I like the questions more like, should we leave markers for the 100,000 years? Will it become a religion? You say you're leaving stuff down there that's dangerous but you're burying it in copper canisters. What day? What if one day when we want to dig and get that copper back? Not only that, but one day, one day we want to go down and get the fucking waste because we've used it all. Yeah. You've got no idea what you're doing. Okay, go, well, official policy is that we're going to forget about it. But you've yeah. got to remind ourselves to forget. Yeah, like reminding was, to forget. That's, that's an interesting yeah, idea. Yeah, that was all. That was, I like that. But it's Come. like you. I've got a, in my bedroom, I've got a panic button, which uh, is apparently horrible. And I've put a little note over it, don't press. And Corey, <laughs> Corey has trouble with with that the more it says don't press the more he wants to press it the same with the markers and the thing if yeah. you say don't dig this up this is dangerous this will kill you and it's not like maybe they'll listen in 50,000 years time they're going to go I'm going to get in there yeah well 100 years ago um, we were reading those signs of the pyramids going whatever <laughs> yeah. yeah we can handle it but the way I figured it is they were actually also panicking a fair bit. What does it matter if person if someone goes down there and finds it and dies? Like Madame Curie discovered radiation and she died and through that we learned it's bad. Yeah. So fifty thousand years from I now. Do the same thing. Fifty thousand years from now, even if an entire village goes down there and dies, someone's gonna be like, Oh right, that's the easiest way, we kill a couple of people. Yeah. If if it works out well and it lasts for fifty thousand years and then someone dies and then they relearn it, that's not the end of the world. That's guys. what I thought. That, that all this thought is going into making sure not one person dies in the future. Not even like a fish or a yeah, yeah, polar yeah. bear or something, yeah. But um, did you know I was fascinated how the doco was fo- focused more on it spent nearly, nearly no time on how do we contain this stuff. Like that took like three minutes. Oh we'll dig this big tunnel, like miles long down into the thing. Put it in these tubes and it'll be fine and it'll last right. Earthquakes and stuff, don't worry, they don't go that low. Doesn't matter. Done. That part of the film was done. Yeah. 95% of it was taken over by but what happens stuff, if dudes come and start poking it? That's, it? that's actually what they care about. Getting rid of the waste isn't a problem at all. We just put it in tanks and put it down there. Not a problem. How do we stop people poking it? (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. They're like, okay, what do we do if there's an ice age? Well, it's much safer because all the humans will be dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, it was it was, was kind of cool. What I liked the um, Finnish landscape. It was quite cinematic. Big greys and forest. Maybe not. It was well filmed. Not a caribou um, comedic moment. What was that about? That was pretty good. Yeah. The slow-mo stuff I liked, not the theatrics. Do what, what were your two? Should we say the last one that we've just done with no notes on it? You can rock to your um, your others you saw? Okay, before, we, yeah, because we, we just got back from one, uh, The People vs. George Lucas. But or the Star we, Wars doco, as we can call it. <laughs> yeah. I actually went to a few by myself. I'll just rip through them quickly. Um, Darwin is about a little um, town. It was a, a drunken mining town a hundred years ago or so. In the California desert, um, very violent. Everyone stayed away from it. Just miners getting drunk and killing people and shit. It was three and a half thousand people. These days, it's down to thirty-five people. And oddly enough, they're all odd. So it makes for an awesome docker. Really good. Really cinematic. This thing. Like they were just like filming deserts and fucking time-lapse clouds and nice. oh, they drained the color out of it. You know, with music. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it was it was real good. But the, the thing was, is that the thing I got from it, though, was that these people had run away from civilization and gone, I can't handle this. They'd all be burnt in some way. Yeah. So we'll run away and we'll go and live out here where no one's the boss of me. And we'll, we'll run our own little settlement. 35 people, bro. Try and imagine it. It's yeah. Fucking tiny. Problem is, they just started it again. They all fought. They all hated each other. They'd get into fist fights. They all gossiped and backstabbed. and Yeah. You're saying, oh, people. There's a human element there. But it was fascinating. Um, Charles Manson used to live out there, near there. Um, in a population of 35, there's some dudes um, practice witchcraft. There's an anarchist with all his guns buried because he thinks the government's after them. Transsexuals. There's, yeah, you just think, wow. In this little pool of people. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. Really, really good doco. Who's the guy that did Pink Flamingos? John Waters? Yeah. He did another one that I can't remember, but we saw it at the 24-hour movie marathon. Sounds like that. It's like, it's called Nowheresville or something. Mm. Um, yeah, very strange. But you have to be careful with those things, man, because so, I've seen so many now that have, are more laughing at the people. Oh, that was very laughing and debauchery, but it was a John Waters film, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he can do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No yeah. one's got a, that tiny little moustache. How cool is he? Yeah, totally, totally. But this one wasn't like that. Like, sometimes, when they broke out the witchcraft thing, because they're such normal people, but then you go, and over here, and this is our lounge over here, and over here, this is our kitchen, and then over here, this is our altar, and then they put on funny hats and that. It's like a Christopher Guest movie. Yeah. You think they're going to start doing, you know, what the fuck is going on? But the people, they actually started their own little tour, like trying to get a tourist trade happening in their, in their little Come village. look how fucked up we are. Yeah, so I mean, they, they were in on it. It wasn't, you weren't laughing at the people. They were all odd. But they all knew it. They were like, we put ourselves in this situation and it's got its pros. Did they show some pros or was it all cons? I think it was all cons. They had a big thing about the water supplies going. They got a, um, a bomb testing, military bomb testing base out by them. Um, and their water supplies actually come from there. Like they've built the base accidentally around their water supplies. So they have to run this eight mile pipe or something. But if anything goes wrong, they have to get permission to go in the base and stuff. So they've got like a water committee in this in their little town and stuff. That was a big thing. I couldn't see any pros. They didn't like show a picture of a guy sitting back in his deck chair um, with his feet up on a rusty oil can, like leaning back in a suntown, one of those US reflecting mirror things. Oh, totally. And he wasn't like, fuck, why would you live in the city? This is the life. Maybe that was the only pro. Yeah, but they'll go, like, oh, look at the life. Like, um, I'm a bit of a kook. Like, I... Um, I'm a I'm a rock artist. I, I do I do paintings on on stones. That's what I do. The city can't handle it. Out here, I can do whatever the fuck I want. 
And of course, my son is an escaped murderer who was on the run and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I can see why. You know. It really wasn't about the art, was it, buddy? Yeah. 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 But they they enjoyed themselves. They had hippie music camp and stuff. They had a, they they filmed a fireworks night. They did. They built this big wooden dragon and then exploded it with fireworks and stuff. It was. They had fun, but they all hated each other, and it was. I couldn't see any pros. <laughs> it yeah. looked pretty fucking horrible. Sounded like a lot of the flies are living with a class full of people. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah, but it was all the outcasts. And outcasts like to be outcasts by themselves, I think. Yeah. Like they feel different from everyone else. But if all the different people go and sit in a room by them together, then they're not different anymore. Yeah. 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 What else did you see? Um, Steam of Life is a, uh, another Finnish film. We saw two Finnish documentaries. Not we. No, fair enough. It was about... um. I really don't know what this one was about. It was filmed naked Finnish men in saunas talking. That's what it filmed. I don't know if it had a point. I, I read some things that did have a point that it was trying to tell people that men open up more when they are naked, which I think is fucking bullshit. Well, Kiwi men fucking don't, that's for sure. No, we wouldn't be naked together. <laughs> no. Or Finnish men open up more when then there's no woman around, and there was no woman in the film except the opening scene. I don't know, I couldn't see any of that. I would really th think this thing didn't have a point. But it was beautiful, bro. They filmed it with big old film cameras. I don't know how they got the cameras to work in the saunas or whatever, but yeah, it was real good. Real good. Lots of good stories. And they, you know, dudes are crying in there. Oh, but this is, it's naked, naked. Like it's cocks everywhere. Uh, but they just sit there and they just talk and cry. And you think, and like each scene, because it just goes through a bunch of stories, just moves from story to story to story to story. And each scene, like, it's got different camera angles and stuff, and you think, how, how much setup of the lighting and how many different camera moves did they have to do? If a dude's telling a story about, I was a train driver once, and uh, a kid got stuck on a train track, and another kid was desperately trying to help his friend off, and he was holding his hands up, like, pleading me to stop, but, you know, I'm a train going this far, what, fast, what can I do? And I just killed them both, and now, like, I can't sleep. For fifty years or something, yeah, he's telling that story, crying to his mate, but it's got different camera angles. So they're like great lighting, and so they kill it, and the director goes, "Stop, hang on a minute, hold it there." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "What?" <laughs> Don't stop crying, keep crying. Yeah, <laughs> twenty minutes later, like, okay, how many did you kill? And <laughs> both of them. Yeah, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. But yeah, no, it was it was a really entertaining thing. Most of it was really sad. Um, I lost my mum. I lost my wife. I lost my kid. Things like that. But the, the, there were some homeless guys. Uh, it seemed like everyone does. They had these real weird shots of like saunas people have built in weird places. Like an abandoned car in the middle of a field that turned it into a sauna. Like <laughs> a one-man sauna. Weird. There was one that was, um, it was a, a harvester. Like a dude was like driving through fucking pastures or whatever doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then he gets out and opens like the back of this massive or orange contraption he's driving around. And it's a sauna. And he stops and there's a sauna. There's one in a phone box. Showing off now. They're showing off. It was. My man's stuff, man. He's hit himself with birch... Or maybe he was with people that hit himself with birch, birch branches. Radical, he said. Radical. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get sick of it. When he was in Russia. If they don't hit themselves with birch branches... I had to look they that They jump up. into Why? a frozen lake. Yeah, it brings the blood to the skin. Yeah, yeah. Because that's where all the... Uh, you bruise it, the blood goes to the skin. The skin's really hot because the sauna, so it starts flying. Mm -hmm. And you jump in a lake and it's like... <laughs> Um, there were some funny bits. There was a um, there's a dude with a beer. They had been sort of with a beer. There was another um, like a beer. 
that you drink or a... Like a large grizzly bear. In a sauna? Yeah, like it was his best friend and they... Radical. <laughs> um, not Malcolm Ingram. <laughs> no, no, not that. Um, there was another one, um, some dudes who were, who were Santas for hire. They were sitting in a sauna complaining about how crap their job is, how little respect they get and stuff. There was some funny moments, but mostly it was just it was just pretty sad. But it finished off. Like, so we went through, like, these, say, I don't know, so let's say 12 stories, sets of dudes talking, two, three, four guys talking. And then at the end, they did this song called The Squirrel, and it went back through and, like, filmed each of them singing. Like, everyone who had been involved were then singing this, this famous Finnish sad song and stuff. So it had a real sad tinge to it, but They didn't it do was any fun. docker stuff? They didn't flash up stats like 80% of no. Swedish men had? Nothing. That's why I don't know what the point of the thing was. It was just lovely to look at some interesting stories. Maybe it's just a bit of culture, yeah. We don't know yeah. they do that. Um, and the third one I saw was My Kidnappers. Eight tourists. I like the sound of this premise. Eight tourists trekking in the Colombian jungle somewhere, staying in one of those little huts you do, hiking huts or whatever. Yep. All of a sudden they get grabbed, they get taken away, and now they're hostages. They're kept there for 101 days, which is pretty long. Yeah, that's a good three and a half months. Yeah, they had to march, they marched them out nine days into the jungle first. Then they had these huts set up, real remote, and um, and they kept them for 101 days, and then let them go. And then get your ransoms. Uh, it didn't really get into that. Oh, okay, but um, political persuasion, something like that. Yeah, well, it's it's sort of it's not a spoiler, but it it doesn't tell you till like three quarters of the way through the film. Like these guys didn't know what what had happened. No one knew what happened. They just got kidnapped. Yeah, and they didn't know why they were there, so they didn't tell us why they were there for a long time, which helped build the suspense of like, who the fuck is even totally? Yeah, and then yeah, so they and then they get let go and they go back to normal life, and then a year later, the kidnappers um, contact them by email and Facebook and stuff, and we're just like, hey, just nothing personal, nothing personal, yeah, and they, and they and they have a, like a six year relationship via email and stuff. Yeah, and then one day the the one of the dudes, the the English guy, is just like, "Hey, do you mind if we come meet you and stuff, and talk to you about it and to bring cameras?" So yeah, so that's what they did. There was eight people that got kidnapped. One of them on the second what day. What um, There was two English dudes. Yeah. Who didn't know each other. It was a German girl. Uh, there was a Spanish Spanish guy, and there's four Israeli dudes. Oh, yeah. On the second day of marching, the um, one of the English guys took off, broke free, and got away. And he got a, he he was lost in the jungle for five days by himself, starving and whatnot, running away from lions and shit. But he got out fine. He was fine. So he didn't. But the other seven, epic. Yeah, but the other seven were were kept. How many go back? Uh, four. Two of the Israeli guys, uh, the German girl, and the the British guy who's making the doco. Oh yeah. Four of them go back, um, and they go back through all the locations they were kept at and stuff. Yep. and relive the moment. Lots of tears and stuff, but it's um, fascinating stuff. So were they looked after well? I mean, other than being 100 days kidnapped, which is going to... I had a little bit of a, a, a query about that because it didn't seem like they did. Like, it had, it had pictures of them um, cleaning themselves in the river. They oh. had a little hut where they had their mattress or whatever. And it didn't really... I mean, they didn't have footage yeah. of, the, of the actual... Uh, when they were living there. But... Um, it looked not too bad, but then they kept saying they just treated us like dogs. Yeah. You sort of just wanted to jump in. One of those arguments, you wanted to jump in and go, how? What do you mean? What do you mean, how did they do that? Yeah. Well, you're being fed. You're being 
I mean, I mean, it's, it's it's harrowing. I understand it's harrowing. Yeah, no one enjoys being kidnapped. No one enjoys being in a POW camp. But the Japs. I don't think they were being whipped or anything. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like we're bored. We're gonna burn your toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was more like eat now. No, I'm not really hungry. Do's are told. Oh, yeah. they're treated us like dogs. And there was one. Um, and and the the kidnappers who arranged it all. There were a bunch of guards, but the kidnappers who arranged it all were like a, a husband and wife team. It was a couple. And there was one bit when they're talking to the wife, and she's like, "Oh, hey, German girl, remember when I bought you that shampoo and stuff? Like, I probably shouldn't have done that or whatever." You think, wait, hey, what were the conditions like? <laughs> yeah. Bringing her shampoo or whatever. It's been a month since I washed my hair. She's like, "I'll sneak some of mine. Don't tell my husband. Either. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't like us to give you um, condiments." Anyway, I'm not taking anything away Talk from it. I'm sure it was very fucking harrowing. But so they go back. But then the um, they go back. These four go back through all the locations and relive it. Um, but then. That they want to, they say, can we come and meet the the couple that kept us captive? And they, for some reason, it never explains it. They said we don't want to meet the Israelis. Bring the German girl and the English guy and the camera crew. Yeah, we don't want to talk to the Israelis. They go into it a little bit. Apparently, the Israelis were really like, fuck this, we're getting out of here. Yeah, don't talk to these guards. You know, spit on them, be dicks the whole time. Don't make their job any easier than it has to be. They didn't kidnap them. Yeah. However, what it, what it really what really drove it home for me was no what what I got out of it was that it made it t- worse for the others. Like if there's seven people in a camp, four of them are being dicks. That is like right, you fucking seven. Then yeah, you know we've got guns to your heads and stuff. You're like if those four weren't being thing, and it was worse because they're real cocky about it. Like the two Israeli guys who were there on camera were going, bro, remember we did that thing? How awesome were we? Like, that was so exciting. Remember the adrenaline? Remember we made that Holden thing and ran for like an hour and they came and they were shooting guns in the air and stuff? Wow, oh, fuck those guys. Yeah, <laughs> we showed them our Israeli spirit. Yeah. And the other guys were like, we were back in camp. You know, they were tying us up with guns to our head, go, where'd they go? Where'd they go? And stuff. Like, just like, bro, it's not, it's not cool, man. Yeah. Um, that was real cool. And then, and but then, it, it just didn't go far enough because there was a whole lot of stuff like they they never talked to the guy who escaped. They they played a news clip of he got out all right. He was on the news. He was in hospital. Did he get out all right and send? Like how they get out in the end? They let him go. So he didn't even send a rescue going. We were here heading this way. No, because the the guys was here said if, if we see we're nine days in the jungle. We can hear helicopters coming from miles away. Uh, if anyone comes, we're gonna shoot these guys. So yeah. just. But they didn't go, you know, they didn't go into his story, or they didn't go into when they get the German girl now. She's still in court, like years and years later. She's still in court because they sent a rescue helicopter to pick her up, and they and wanted then, to pay for it. Yeah, and then they just keep on her tail about it, and she's in court, and they she keeps losing or something, and but then they go, yeah, so that's happening. So wait, go more into that, or or they go, they said to the the captors, they're like, man, why the fuck did you do it? Do you realize? Was it worth it? And they're like, oh, you know, our plan didn't really go ahead as, as you know, as it was supposed to. So yeah, kind of, sorry about that. But you want to know, so why, so what did you learn? Like, what could you have done? What? Oh, it was frustrating. Mm. Really good though. So we just got to see the Star Wars doco, or uh, The People vs. George Lucas, which is a hard premise to explain, but really, uh, it was a lot about, um, you know, when we described it earlier, it was like, who owns the rights to Star Wars? You know, he's made such a big universe now that the fans, is it the creator? It was, it was, it, it sort of self-focused a bit on um, the new films versus the old films. It, it centered around, correct me if I'm wrong, the '77 version versus the ones he re-released in '97, and the subtle changes he made in it. That seemed to be a big driving point. Well, I think it did. It did. 
it did have a lot of what, what we thought it was going to be, which was the part that fascinated me. That's why it sounded cool, and that's why it was cool. Yeah. The bits that did focus on the fans just outraged, saying, don't do that to our thing. Yeah, I like that uh, they, um, similes they use between, uh, you know, what if Van Gogh came back and said, I'm just going to fucking fix, you know, that smile. Yeah. Or that, um, what's his name? I don't know, whoever did who the Mona Lisa. The, yeah, who painted it? No, it must be... Uh, no, I've got no fucking idea. But anyway, yeah, what if a famous painter came back and he's just like, oh, I'm just going to change the Sistine Chapel. Just chill out for a minute, why? We'd be like, well, don't, don't fucking touch it. It's part of our culture now. Yeah. And they'd be like, yeah, but it's my painting, so you get fucked. Yeah. Yeah, that's what George Lucas did. That's what the fans are like livid about, that he's... One, that who owns it? Is it his, is it ours? And two, it doesn't matter whose it is, please don't fucking change it, George. Why yeah. did you re-release... But especially because... Not, because not he's really, going, but like, obviously Jar Jar was a big part. It's like, George, you fucking dick. What the hell are you putting Jar Jar Binks and stuff like that? You know, like, it was it was a lot of... Um, that was an interesting point, though, that when they interviewed the children, like, the children all loved Jar Jar and stuff, and you're like, we loved Star Wars when we were nine. Yeah. Nine-year-olds now love Phantom Menace. Yeah. Even though I don't know how they get all the tax and fucking trade federations and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, they love the Jar Jar. That was an interesting point. Yeah, I liked the very good. Whole the film was good. I didn't yeah. like the um, I didn't like the use of or so much use of YouTube footage. Like it looked like ninety of the interviews were cut and pasted from. Couldn't they have flown and met a lot of these people? Would they have blown the budget out? I mean, the ones that were in proper interviews were quite nice. Mm. And a lot of the times you had dudes singing into singing into webcams, and it was a little bit jarring. But still, so, every, so, everyone so that was on there footage, had something good to say. YouTube footage didn't look beautiful on a uh, cinema screen. Yeah. You've got you to be careful. you got to be careful making a doco that you doesn't look like you just um, Googled and edited. But they did a good job with all the footage. They, they did, they did. It. They structured it well and everything. And the narration of, well, there was no narration on top, but they carried the theme. I like, there was a, there was a doc in the traditional standard. It was just like, clip, 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 recording, clip, clip, clip. That was mm. real good. Yeah, it's real good. They used to hell a lot of Star Wars uncut, which is um, which I'm fascinated about. Yeah, yeah, true. Which is that? Did you ever look into that before? Where they took the first movie and split it up into fifty? Just the other day when you and Jake. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I saw it a couple of years ago when it was like sold out, and I remember checking it out and watching a few. Fascinating. Is a um? They used to have a lot of that. It's not of the Living Dead one as well. But they did the same thing. Mm. Oh, that's cool. It got bad reviews though because a lot of people submitted for their section submitted paintings. It didn't have so many mediums okay. as no, Star Wars. No, so it stops all of a sudden. There's no movement for their 15 seconds or whatever. Ah, not painted animation. No, paintings. Uh, not, a painting. Not a painting walking around a house. Like, yeah. Wow, that's fucking boring. Yeah. So apparently it's a mixed bag. But oh, yeah. there's enough good stuff in there to make it. No, the Star Wars one which is clearly fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They played that, um, that trooper, that cop's piss take one when he's like oh, I like the small town feel or whatever that's a good short man I forgot that thing existed I saw that on YouTube before I knew what YouTube was uh, way back in the day it was like a you know cops bad boys bad boys what yeah. you gonna do they did like a, a 15 minute short uh, of troopers and, and like a day in the light and they go and you know some, there's some Jawa with some stolen things it's an episode of cops ah. set on Tatooine Ah, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I played a clip from that. Oh, memories came flooding back. Was that two on their, their, their speeder bikes? One looks left and he's talking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there was some good stuff in there, man. They had... Uh, oh, this is a good doctor. Stuff, stuff was funny as fuck. That singing in the rain. 
with the, the lasers oh, being fired yeah, at Gene Kelly. Edited, edited reimagined by George Lucas. <laughs> it was some good stuff. Uh, it was mostly just um, fans they were talking to, really excited fans, really geeky fans. Pretty much. All Actually, talked funny. The audience was a blatantly quite a geeky audience. There was including some, us, yeah. Oh, including us, yeah, totally. I mean, Although we're not the hugest Star Wars nerds. We all like it. There was someone in there that had contributed in some way to the film. True. They were um, at the end of it. They were hanging out to see their name on the credits. <laughs> we must have some local, uh, some local Star Wars esque celebs rocking about Auckland town. Um, they talked to the creator of Afro Samurai and Tekon Concrete, the director of Tekon Concrete, and, and Neil Gaiman as well. So there was a few, there was a few bigger names in there. That George Lucas stuff was all uh, archive. Uh, yeah. So totally. they, they didn't. I would love to have had a bit on what did he think of this. I'd love to see his retort. Actually, it. there was one good thing in there. When he's talking, they were talking like one of his producers or something, and he was like, um, "No, nah, C-3PO should treat Jar Jar like the fans do. He should hate him and talk down to him." <laughs> so that was a little bit of George admitting, "Hey, I know I wrote a character they hate, and B, I know, and I'm fully aware that my fan base hate him, but I don't care." He came across as a little bit um, in control, mm -hmm. or, or, or overly possessive. I don't like you. You couldn't ever convince me that why he can't release the originals on DVD. That's the only flaw with the argument. That's the bit that I wanted to jump in and just say, George Lucas should be able to do whatever he fucking wants to it. It's his. Yeah. The fans should be able to do whatever the fuck they want to it. It's their culture. Yeah. However, George should release the original movies yeah, what so prick. everyone's happy. Just do that, dude. Yeah, just do that. Just do that and the argument doesn't exist They've anymore. already done it from Laserdisc onto DVD. Stop making us download it and just, we'll buy it off you. Yeah. Fucking tool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and know. it's like, I, th I don't even think they had a problem with him. Re they're like, we don't have a problem with you remastering it so it looks better and fixing up a couple of the effects. Mm. Well, that's what I sort of thought. When I watched it, I was like, I saw a couple of times where the green screen technology wasn't as good and you get some blur between the lines and then Matt Painter went across and fixed it up a bit. Mm. But someone addressed like, but what about the model makers that won that Oscar in 77? Yeah, true, true. Um, he's replaced their model with a computer. Yeah. So how do you, do you touch it up enough so you can't see or do you just like recolor wash it and crisp it like sharpness slider it's harsh but yeah he should re-release a pretty dup but you can see like they said with Spielberg who released E.T. He, he released both he redid he remixed it here you go this looks better and here's the one you remember yeah yeah. if he just did that it'd be fine because things like if, if Lucas was saying you know when they first fly in when they go to Mos Eisley there's, it wasn't it was supposed to be a, a cluttered village yeah, he, he didn't have enough money to do it, so now he's just gone and put you know fucking banters and stuff in the background. Banter father. Um, good on him. He should have done that. Yeah. But when you put like, dude steps on Jar Jar's tail. Yeah. Or uh, Han Solo is no longer a bad mercenary; he's just protecting himself. They were livid with that. Oh, and right, yeah. so I've seen that meme um, come across the handshot mm. first meme come across the interwebs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think they did have a point. You know, it does. Make, it didn't need to be quite so obsessive about it. But it does change his character. If he didn't draw first, then that kind of... He's not quite as cool as we thought exactly. he was. And the problem and Rito sucks much more than we thought he did. Pretty much. That was that was well raised. <laughs> this guy's meant to be the world's best bounty hunter, second only over, and he misses from across the table. <laughs> We're geeking out of it now. The problem was, and, and all these things, you never had George Lucas give his opinion directly, only on mm. footage. And so they're like, he just won't release it. Release it. Release the originals. Release the originals. He just won't release it. And they're like, and here's what he said a couple of years ago where he contradicts himself. It's easy to take someone who's been in the spotlight for 40 years and contradict him with interviews. That's not hard. He, didn't, he never got once to defend himself going, yeah, but, but it looked 
they defended him for him, and his answer was, fuck you, you're not getting the originals, I'm destroying the negative. Like, that's, <laughs> I'm not sure that is George Lucas's answer, and if it was, it was on a bad day. Um, yeah. But that's a doco, you can't, if George Lucas doesn't want to be interviewed, mm. he'll probably watch it one day and go, oh, is that what they think? Maybe it'll help. Yeah. It was enjoyable, though. It yeah, it was enjoyable. enjoyable. No answers at all, but it raised some interesting questions, and it was fun in mm. doing so. Indeed. Now I need part two by George Lucas. Yeah. Oh, one. Uh, the other thing I really liked was um, they had these old, old this old footage of um, Francis Ford Coppola talking about George Lucas and what a genius he is and how Star Wars has taken him away from from actual filmmaking and how we're missing out on the on the genius of George Lucas filmmaking and that's the thing he misses most. Yeah, a couple of people said that. It's, wow, I didn't. I never thought of George Lucas as like a. Did he, did he direct any of the Star Wars movies? Didn't he do? Didn't he actually direct Star Wars? And then he passed direction over for number two to someone and number three to someone. Yeah, probably. But I don't know. I've never thought of him. I really like THX, by the way. I've seen that. Yep, 1138. I thought it was really With good. With Shiny Robert Duvall. Um, and American Graffiti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. With Richie Cunningham. Yeah. And yeah, Francis Ford. Ford. Francis Ford was gushing. Who was the DJ in American Graffiti? Like Wolfman or something. I don't know. I'm not a American Graffiti fan. Oh, okay. I saw it when I was young and didn't get it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a nothing film. So, yeah, it was a pretty good film. It was a pretty good wrap on docos. We, we smashed that shit. We saw a lot of docos. Did? You much more than me because you're so cultured. So this podcast has taken um, ages and ages to get out. We've been playing with new mics. We recorded a little while ago and, and again. And, and the second one, no, episode six is coming out straight after this. So you're not getting a what's on this week. You just have to listen to us talk about the King's Speech and all those documentaries, which were all pretty good. Yeah, we don't want to lose all that stuff. It was already on tape, so you might notice a different uh, ambiance in the recording now. I don't know. Yeah, it could should should sound a bit stranger. Um, we've got a little funky mic we use. How professional of us? Uh, not really, not at all. <laughs> but um, yeah, like it doesn't matter because King's Speech. You don't need us to tell you to go see it. It won everything. Mm. Um, the docos. It's too late for you to see them anyway, but they'll all be out on uh, DVD if they if they're good from Video Z Ponsonby and um, you know Blockbuster Newmarket ones that carry rentals. We just rattled off six, so hopefully something caught your attention. Yeah, exactly. Um, there you go. No, no, what's on? This is episode five. Uh, I'm Corey. I'm Nigel. Sweet. Catch you later. <laughs>